You're listening to the Disciple Community Podcast, sermons, teachings, and timely words from the Disciple Community Gathering at The Source Wichita in Wichita, Kansas. For more audio, video, and other resources for Christian growth and encouragement, visit thesourcewichita.com. So as I was pressing in and really praying about what the Lord wanted to um, have me talk about today, you know, all sorts of things kept coming to me, and so... I, I really just wanted to focus in on, you know, one or two things that he was saying. And, and so I was just talking to Linda today about discerning the voice of God and how sometimes it can be difficult to discern the voice of God, especially if there is a spirit that is trying to mess you up. <laughs> you know, sometimes there are things like deceiving and confusing spirits that try to get you confused about what is the will of God, what is God actually saying, and am I hearing right, and all of this. And so um, one of the things that I really like to do, I, there are several things I like to do to discern the will of God. And one, it always has to do with... Um, Holy Spirit's work in my life. That's like the main thing. In fact, I didn't mean to, but I was looking up some things today about um, the Spirit of God. Well, actually, I wasn't trying to do that. I was talking about discerning, and, and I saw one thing that said, only the Spirit of God can discern the will of God, and those without the Spirit can't discern the will of God. And so that was helpful in relation to what I'm going to talk about, um, which isn't just about discerning the will of God. <laughs> um, even though that was important, what's really what the Lord really wanted to talk about, I think, today and have us focus on is how we talk and what we discern with one another, and then how we work together to discern what actually is the will of God. Um, Because I know that I have noticed, and I I know also Jason has, um, because he posted something about it on his Salty Dogs podcast page (laughs) on Facebook. Um, There are a lot of people who are arguing about the will of God. I mean, all over the place, everybody is arguing about theology and what do you really believe, what's actually true, what's God wanting the church to do, what's not, you know, all these things about what is, what's the correct theology, right? I mean, you can like see it all over. And it's not just on platforms like Twitter and on Facebook and things like that. People do it in person all the time, too. And... What's interesting is as I was really seeking the Lord about what to talk about, I have a tendency to just go, okay, God, show me exactly where you want me to go. Just I, He will open up the scripture to me. I won't know where I'm going, and he will show me exactly what needs to be said. And so that is what happened today. And I'm going to read to you a, pas- a passage um, in the book of, I think it's 2 Timothy, but let me just get there real quick. So, 2 Timothy chapter 2. Um, can I start calling you 2 Timothy instead of just Timothy? He's the first one? Okay. I could do what people in other countries do. They always say 2 Timothy. 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. 
I don't know where we got a second when everybody else does too, but anyway. Um, so 2 Timothy, I don't know if you want to go there or not, but um, I am in verse 15. I'm going to read 15 through 26, I think. Um, but this was really good. I think actually we start in 15 and it gets even better later on. Um, and it really gave me some good conviction, I think, but also um, wisdom at the same time. And so that's always what we want. Uh, 15, it says, work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. He's talking to Timothy, who's leading the church at this point, right? So he's a young believer, but he's been discipled well to lead this church. And he's trying to tell him, do this, keep up the good work. And, you know, we talk all the time about eating from the tree of life and not from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and about getting workspace, right? But when he's talking about being a good worker, we still have to have a good work ethic to be able to serve the Lord. Because when God calls you to do something, you have to actually do it, right? And so it's not about saying, you can't, if you don't do it, then you're not saved. It's nothing like that. It's really not about getting to God. It's about fulfilling your destiny. And so if you are a good worker, you will do what he says to fulfill your destiny. And so anyway, um, then it keeps going and it says, avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. So I was reminded of these things that people are doing with constantly arguing about things and, you know, having the stuff that just makes people matter and not focus on the Lord, right? Let's focus on theology instead of the Lord, of course. And so then 17 says, this kind of talk spreads like cancer, as in the case of Hymenaeus and Philetus. Philetus, yep. Um, they have left the path of truth, claiming that the resurrection of the dead has already occurred. In this way, they have turned some people away from the faith. So looks like they were arguing about theology right? Um, but God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his, and all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. Verse 20 says, in a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions, and the cheap ones are for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean, and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone, be able to teach, and be patient with difficult people. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts, and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap, for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. So, uh, obviously, like, I always relate this back to myself, and what am I doing, you know, I often, I lead these classes online with people from everywhere who I don't know. And some of them, honestly, are difficult. 
you know? When they talked about dealing with difficult people, I'm like, this, they must be writing to me, you know, <laughs> because I deal with difficult people every day. And uh, what's interesting, though, is people, I used to, when I was dealing with difficult people, get frustrated and argue my point until I couldn't argue anymore. That's what I did. I loved a good debate. You know, when we used to do the round table, the exchange, I love that stuff because it's like debating theology. That's what I love to do. I went to school for that. That's, you know, I learned how to debate theology. That's not really a good thing to do, but I didn't know that at the time. Anyway, I've now come to a higher way of thinking. And uh, one thing that I do now is a complete opposite. When someone says something, this is what people do. So, Miss Christine, except for they usually say weird things. Um, there's one guy who calls me uh, mom all the time. <laughs> but anyway, no, this would be some guy in Africa, actually. But um, anyway, excuse me, mom, can I ask you a question? And so he asked me a question, and um, it's always trying to get me to um, take a firm stance about who's saved and not saved. Okay, and <laughs> so if they don't believe in healing and we're there to heal and they're not healing, are they going to go to hell? He's always saying this. And of course, I want to say, of course not. But I don't say that. You know, I, I say, actually, you know, I'm not the judge of who goes to heaven or hell. I am not that person. Actually, the father's the only one who judges that stuff. So he's the one who can judge their heart. You can just do what you feel led to do and then let them do what they're going to do until they come along to the way that you know is right. You know, and maybe they never will. Maybe they have a different calling altogether. You know, there are people who disagree with us who aren't even necessarily wrong. We could be right, and they could be right, and we could have different callings, different destinies, all of that, instead of it always being, I'm right, you're wrong. That doesn't mean there's not a universal truth. What I'm saying is that I could be asked by God to go to the grocery store. Kim could be asked by God to go to the Philippines. Is one right and one wrong? No. It's our individual thing that we're called to do, right? So if I'm called to go and speak in tongues and go and prophesy and do these things and someone else isn't, that doesn't mean that one's right and one's wrong. What it means is God has gifted us differently and we have a different purpose to fulfill. And so anyway, when we go about debating theology, I just think the scriptures, what Paul was saying to Timothy was so priceless. Quit getting involved in these worthless conversations because this will lead to no earthly good, right? This will only lead people into more godlessness, which is the opposite of what we're going for. And so when everybody comes against you and says, the Bible says this and this and this, you just step aside and say, wow, we're powerful to disagree. Cool. Have a great day. You know, you can do that. You could also say, well, I actually discern those scriptures differently than you, but I understand where you're coming from. I just pray that, you know, we can go forward in love because it's all about love. And when we step outside of love, we are stepping outside of the spirit. When we're stepping outside of the spirit, we are the ones who should be called fools. And so it talks about that those who discern are doing so by the spirit. If we're not walking in the spirit, we can't be discerning the will of God. And so there's no reason to get involved in these useless conversations. 
Now, if you're sitting down with someone and you're just having, you know, many of you have done this, I've done this a thousand times, where I just, I'm joking around and we get into this, this banter and it, it starts to turn a little crazy and you get this check in your spirit, but you're like, no, no, I'm just being funny. These are things we also should avoid because it will make people stumble. And so we have to look at ourselves. We have to constantly be checking ourselves in the spirit and be living a life that is from heaven and not just for heaven. Because this is the problem with most of the church is they do a lot of things for God, but it's not from God. It's not God telling them to do so. God's not saying, respond to this joker on Facebook and start a wrestling match in the words, right? And we think we're doing something for God by turning them around. But that's not ever going to happen. If you really think about it, is anyone going to be convinced by you because you're being a jerk to them on Facebook? No. Or thinking you're right? No. But if what you did instead was you were living from heaven and you just released revelation upon them, you didn't even talk to them, didn't even respond, you just released revelation on them, that is going to go further than anything you could ever say. And if God says, hey, you need to respond, say this, by all means, do it. But we need to be careful with our words. And so anyway, I know we've talked about words 500 times in this congregation, but I feel like there's more that the church has to be led to. Because it's not just about speaking life and speaking death. People know about that by now, hopefully. Okay, most people understand, yes, I need to speak life and I don't need to speak death upon people. But for some reason, the church is attacking itself. And what's happening is so much of the church is, is just fighting each other to where the outside world hates our guts. They don't want anything to do with this Jesus because it looks like that. And it is our fault. It's our fault for doing it. I mean, I, I want to say I used to be upset at people not seeing Jesus because of the Christians. But now I see it actually is our fault because it says they'll know him by our love for each other. And if our love for each other isn't grounded in brotherly affection, which is like, if I'm affectionate towards someone, I'm lovey-dovey to them, right? I'm not acting very lovey-dovey to my neighbors by smashing them on Facebook or whatever it is. And so we have to totally change our culture. Our culture has to reflect heaven. And I'm sure they're going to like hate my stuff because I'm always talking about honor on our newsletter stuff. But anyway, um, there's something to do with honor that the church has missed. I would say most times, the only time people, anyone honors anybody else in the church is if they idolize someone. If they idolize a pastor or a prophet or whatever it is, then they will honor them. Or they die. You're right. Or they die. These are like two very bad things. Anyway, but for some reason, we don't honor each other for who we're meant to be. I should honor every single person the same because every single person in here is worthy. That's what the word honor is about. It's about treating someone like they're worthy. And God says that we are each worth something very important in the kingdom. And if you spend any time in the heavenly realms focusing on what's happening there, there is this huge culture of honor. Everyone is honored, and you treat each other with this great respect like you're the best person who ever lived. I remember the first time <laughs> I, was, I was going, and 
There were a couple of us who were presenting ourselves to the Lord in this blueprint that he'd given us, and we're like, we don't know what to do. And all of a sudden, they started honoring us, and it felt like the first time it ever happened in all of creation. It was just like, wow. And it was this honor. Since then, I've realized this just happens all the time. They're full of honor. So when anything that is important, which almost everything is, happens, there's this huge culture of honor where it's a celebration, it's this wow moment, and it's so special. It's funny because you would think if people are honored all the time that it would lose that special feeling, but it's not like that. It's actually quite lovely. (laughs) It's just, it's that brotherly affection all the time you know? And that's how we need to reflect. We talk a lot about being a reflection or a shadow of what's happening in heaven so the Spirit can fill it. If we do that, we have to be able to accept the honor and we have to be able to give the honor. And so we're not usually used to doing that. So I just want us, we are, I feel like, We are supposed to be, even though we are small here, we are supposed to be forerunners. It's part of who we are here at the source. We're forerunners. That means that we are going before people to show a different way. The Lord has has told me that I'm a forerunner of vulnerability, that that's something, I know it's crazy, right? (laughs) It's not very fun, (laughs) but it is important Um, because most people don't see speakers who are vulnerable or transparent. And that's something that's important. But I would say even more importantly, we need to be an example of brotherly affection and honor because that is the culture of heaven. And if we are truly reflecting the culture of heaven, then we will look like outsiders. You know, I was reading in there about these the Christians who are living amongst the pagans and how they hated them. But what ended up happening was because they lived their life rightly, they were looked at as wonderful by the outsiders, even though they were talked bad about because of their beliefs. And that's what we should be. People will still talk bad about us because of our beliefs, but we should be so loving that they can't help but love us. You know, that when we come into a place that we just, we're so loving that they can't help but love us. And that is how it's supposed to be. We're supposed to be an example of that so that people go, there is something to this Jesus thing, right? You know, it isn't always about evangelism and convincing them in their logic that something's correct. A lot of people evangelize by trying to change someone's mind about their theology. That is not the spirit The Spirit draws them, right? If the Spirit draws them to the Lord, we need to introduce them to the Spirit. And the only way to do that is through love. And so if we love through the Spirit for real, then people are going to flock to the Lord. They're going to be excited to meet Him instead of this, I better quit smoking, I gotta do the right thing, you know, all the stuff to get right to be able to come to God because that's not how it is, that's works again. And so we have to go back to the love of the Lord. So anyway, I guess the point of all of this is to learn how to live with each other in a way that builds each other up. And honor is not just about, hi, Tim, you're really awesome. Thanks for being here. That's great and all, but that's not really true honor. What would be best is if I honored you by asking to use your gifts, you know, 
if I was like, man, I need Tim. <laughs> I need him. I need to call him. Because for me, people always think I'm going to get annoyed when people ask me to do things I'm gifted in. I don't. I get annoyed when people ask me to do things I'm not gifted in. You know? <laughs> ask me to sweep the floor, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Do I really have to do that, right? I'm not gifted in service. But you ask me to prophesy, and I'm like, I'm in, you know, that's like, that's what I'm excited for. And that really boomed. <laughs> anyway, I feel like that's how we honor each other is to find out each other's gifts and use them. You know, um, last night I had someone contact me about something really terrible they were going through pain-wise, and, and I was pressing in for them to the Lord and trying to figure out what the problem was, you know. And I was like, man, I just don't know if I'm hearing clearly. I want to be sure, you know, that whole discerning the voice of the Lord thing. And so I called Kim, and I'm like, oh, she's not answering, but I really need her gifts right now. And so <laughs> then I call somebody else I know who is really gifted in the same way, and I said, I just need you to confirm some things. And it ended up that that person and Kim and another person we were all using our gifts together to try to discern the true will of God and what's happening in the situation, how to go about fixing it, right? That's how we're supposed to live as a body. It's supposed to be calling on each other when we need some backup, when we need help. If we're struggling, we call on that person who can do things, you know? Um, Everybody has a gift. Most people aren't quite sure what theirs really is. And so we have to learn how to discern it in other people and also encourage them in their gifts. And so, <laughs> you got your bare feet. She's a good one. Yes, anyway, if, if someone says, hey, I'm really trying to hear what the Lord wants me to do. There are things that we do for ourselves to try to figure it out. I was talking to Linda about this. Is it okay if I talk about us? Okay, good. So anyway, we were talking about this today. And, you know, she has some things that she goes, if I'm not quite sure, I have to step back for a moment and just try to hear clearly from God about it. And I'm like, that's good. But what I know is that there oftentimes is a spirit there at work who's trying to confuse, in which case you or somebody else needs to go and deal with that. So you can, Linda, instead of dealing with all that yourself, which you can still do, but I would say using the body's better, you can call someone else up, like call me up and say, hey, I'm not really sure if I'm discerning this right. I think it might be a spirit of confusion, or maybe it's just I'm in a funk today. You know, either way, I need help. And so I can go, let me press in, see if the Lord shows me anything. He may or may not. I don't know, but I can try. And so I'll go and I'll say, Lord, can you show me anything about this? And sometimes I get nothing, which means I don't have a mandate for that. Sometimes he's like, here's exactly what's happening. And so I can then say, actually, this is what he's showing me. Please go test it because all of us can be wrong at times, right? And so we're always testing the spirits. But sometimes there's that spirit at work that she just doesn't even know how to get rid of. That's how people are. And so you need to say, hey, I need some help. 
And I can go, hey, let's just let's step through the courts and deal with this and have that cut off so it doesn't come around anymore. You know, we don't need that stuff always confusing. And so if you have a problem in any way in the spirit, please don't go it alone. If you're in a funk, if you're hurting, if you're in the hospital, whatever's happening, don't go it alone. The whole point is that we work together with our gifts and that when we're together, we feel valued, even if someone doesn't say, if I don't say, Kim, you're the most valuable person I've ever met. She would like that if I said that more, I'm sure. But, <laughs> but when I say, Kim, I really need your gifts. I think that speaks louder. She goes, I am needed. I am important, you know? And all of us feel like that at times. We all feel like, okay, why am I even here? Is, this a is there a reason that I'm doing this? Some, every, there comes a time in everyone's life where you feel like that. And we need to have people go, I need you. You know, even if I need, you know, right now I'm like, I need someone to figure out this whole weird sump pump problem in my basement. You know, that'd be great right now. <laughs> Sometimes we need people who are practical and have gifts of service like that. You know, have the helping gifts, because I don't have very many of those helping gifts. And so I need people who do. And I know it may seem silly. Some people go, well, what's that good in the spirit? It's great in the spirit, because when we work together, then I can go and do my ministry instead of figuring out how to fix a sump pump, right? The works of the Lord get done when we all use what we have. And so don't ever think that one thing is greater than another, because it's not. It's all important. If I don't have those people helping with sump pump, I'm not going to get to this class to teach thousands of people, right? And so we have to like work together to all have it going smoothly, because God has planned for each of us a specific thing to do. Every time I engage in the heavenly realms, I always feel like he gives me some weird job that doesn't even matter, okay? This happens a lot to me. And then later on, he shows me how important it is. And I'm just faithful in doing what he says, even though I don't understand it. That's always what I do. So, okay, you want me to give out garments here. I thought I was more useful than that, but okay, that's what I do. And so I give out the garments, and later on he shows me that this is actually a really important job that I just thought... Seems like a greeter, you know, whatever, something. But a greeter can be really important. All these things can be super important, but we don't always see the big picture. Hi. It loves me. Anyway, it seems like we have to talk about gifts all the time. We have to talk about words all of, all of the time. But until we get this functioning well, the Lord will keep hounding us on it. Seriously, we have to start functioning well in the body. And I'm not just talking about us. We, as the body of Christ in all of the world, have to function well together. And we can't be building our own kingdom, and we can't be doing our own thing. We have to be going with all of the body and working together with our gifts. And so we can help those in other countries without going there. We can also have them help us. We don't need to think that we are the righteous Americans who have it all together, because most of the time that's false. Most of the time we're the most messed up, broken people. And so we need to start functioning together. And so if you have other people in other ministries that you're working with or whatever, you need to make sure that you honor them and that you take this culture of heaven into the earth 
with the body of Christ altogether. Because each one of us have different spheres of influence. We have people that we talk to on a daily. We have people that we talk to once a year. Whatever the case is, we have people that we can influence with this true culture of honor. But we have to be the first to put it into practice. And so let us come together to actually honor one another. What I would like to do before, uh, I wanted to have a time afterwards, and I think we will, but I would like to, if we can gather a little closer, I would like to have us just interact with one another on a spiritual level. Okay, so what I mean by this, it talks about in the Bible how different people had different gifts and they used them together. Um, and I remember when we started, I don't know when it was, but we had a little family gathering, do you remember? And we talked about, I think I was not even here, but you talked about changing things to where different people give different words or whatever, right? Well, it never really came to pass. Like, we haven't been using our gifts together much at all. Because sometimes people come up and give their thoughts on something, but it's not usually a direct word from the Lord. Right, And so if we can get together and just say, hey, I need some healing, or does anyone have a gift like this, or do you know anyone who has a gift like this? Or if you have a word for someone, um, I think it would be good. If you want to just receive from the Lord, that's okay. Um, in fact, how about let's shift places and not quite do it yet together, but that song that I had for the end, let's just engage with the Lord um, there is a place in the heavenly realms that's the river of life, okay? And so this living water flows all the time. And there is so much that we can receive there, healing, refreshing. Um, it's, it's wonderful. It's, it's what I have to go to almost all the time because I'm always broken in some way. And so Jesus taken me to the river all the time. And this song, you may have heard it before, but maybe you haven't connected to what the truth behind the song is. And so I just... Um, I'd ask that as you soak with the Lord, that you ask him to take you to the river and that you receive these things that you need. Because once we receive that refreshing and healing is when we can also pour out to each other.